Welcome to the very first episode of the Dida Podcast. That's a Delete Your Dating App Podcast. I'm Dylan Cohen. And I'm Erez Zafar. And we're excited to uh, start this journey with you. So Erez, do you want to talk about what Delete Your Dating App means? Why why that terminology? Why that kind of brand statement? Like many of my ventures, it's a lot of times it starts with a name just kind of like coming to me and then that sort of manifesting into like the meaning of what that is or where it should go. So that's kind of how this started. I just kind of had this idea like this delete your dating app just kind of hit me and I always like run to GoDaddy to see if it's available um and I called Dylan and kind of told him about this idea you know delete your dating app and what we could do as events and a podcast and now with quarantine what we could do in terms of connecting people through Zoom and just you know while they're quarantined and in isolation still connecting in meaningful ways yeah and that's exactly like when you call me it's one of those things where I think a lot of people maybe feel or know subconsciously, but they don't really like put it to words or like the light doesn't click until like, you know, you see it a different way. Like when you, when you put it to me that I think delete your dating app, like there's, we're just kind of going through the motions in so many ways, especially when you're like, you know, oversaturated these days with like choices and options and things going on that you don't know any better. But when like we sat and thought about it and I was like, wait a minute, right? Like this is not the best way to do things. Like you know, of course, swiping and things, it's convenient. It's nice to see his images come up. Like, let me see if I can get a match. It's a game. But then your life really shouldn't be a game. And it's like, isn't there a better way to meet people? And so like, it just started this whole thing where we're kind of snowballing to like, how can we do that better? How can we maybe improve that? And I think that, you know, from that brainstorm session created this other bigger thing and thinking, okay, how do we look at like modern dating and relationships itself? And, you know, what can we do to add to that? And I think first and foremost, no, I think you have your own credentials and you can maybe speak to that. But for me, I'm certainly not a dating or relationship expert. Um, that's not who I'm going to be or be able to talk about on the show. But what I am is someone who you know has been in the situation, who's kind of had the push and pull of this game or whatever you want to call it, um, like so many of us. And I think it's, you know, it's interesting to share those insights and say, okay, what am I doing wrong? What are we getting wrong? What are we maybe getting right? And And let's like take this adventure of figuring it out together and seeing what like modern relationships and dating looks like right now. Exactly. Yeah. I think the idea, especially with such like a bold statement of deleting your dating app, it's, you know, us kind of taking a stand of what's broken and what might be able to be fixed about it. And that's kind of the approach that we've been taking. One with just with dating apps, like Dylan said, you know, people are, it almost becomes like a game because it's almost like a numbers thing where you like swipe enough and then you match enough. And then the problem with that is, there's not really any meaningful conversations going. It's hard to keep track of the people that you're even talking to. Mm. Um, and it generally doesn't go too much further than that. And the other issue with some of the singles events, at least in LA that we've attended, um, it just kind of feels like a meat market and it's kind of uncomfortable and you have to have like the right personality to even approach people in those settings. It feels sort of intimidating. Um, and you just feel like you're on display to some extent. Mm. You know, the idea is to how can we, sort of navigate this and create meaningful, engaging experiences that we sort of facilitate some of the conversations and some of the meaningful things that could happen in other ways and not just kind of leaving it completely open to the person who hopefully is an extrovert that can just walk up to somebody strange and start a conversation. Yeah, I think exactly. And I want to point out like me currently and my like scenarios on what I would do and I think why we can do something better. So when it comes to like say a dating app, which I think the majority of 
of young single people for better or worse are using to, to as their like you know main way to meet people. Um, like you said, you swipe. The first thing that happens to me when I get a match is I think what should happen is you you go into their profile, you look at them, and you write them. But what I do is say, oh, awesome, let's see what else I can get, and I keep swiping. And I don't I don't want you to judge me for that. It doesn't make me a bad person, but that's just like the gamified aspect of the app. It's more about what matches are you going to get rather than what conversations are you really going to meaningfully start. Um, and then I don't know if this has happened to you, but you might talk to someone for two weeks and you're saying, hey, um, you know, I think I'm really vibing with this person. I think at least from the text messages, I'm kind of picturing who I want them to be or who I perceive them to be through that. But then you actually like, you know, you plan a whole day to meet them and you dedicate your night to that. And right away, that might be a very lovely person, but you can often tell like initially, ooh, this isn't my vibe. I had it all wrong. And you know, from the from the get-go. So if you had instead had a, even a five-minute conversation or a real interaction with them, you kind of would have known. But instead, because we're kind of playing through these, you know, these like digital, I think we use the term digital hypotheticals and things like that, you just end up, you know, kind of, uh, you know, doing more work than you need to for something that's not really there to begin with. Um and then to flip it, so the other side, let's go meet someone in real life. So like so many of my friends, like you go out to, to nightclubs, you go out to bars, and that's great, and that's social, and you can just get your dance on. But if you want to meet someone, you know, the music is super loud. You can't have a real conversation. You can barely move on the dance floor. So like it's cool to maybe have some drinks and and, and meet a, a girl or a guy that you think looks pretty cute. But in a, in a real way, to, to actually have a real connection, it's really like, you know, the odds are against you there. So I think right now it's almost like if you want to meet someone, you're better off just hoping to bump into someone or bump into their cart at a grocery store. And that's, you know, that makes sense in the movies. But when we don't have people writing our lives like they're writing scripts, we can't always hope for that. So, um, you know, we could go to these events that you're talking about, Eras. And I think right now there's kind of almost a stigma to a lot of these like singles events. It kind of says, oh, are people really that desperate? Are people really like trying to go out of the way to do that? And I don't think that at all. I think there's nothing wrong with anyone going to those events. But I think there should be a shift into something that has a little bit less pressure, um, a little bit more of like saying, hey, let's just hang out in an organic way. Let's go to an interesting event. But if you want to approach someone, I think you know people in a place like this could be more receptive. So I think we're trying to do things a little differently. And I think right now it's like if you were like a programmer looking at this from like a, a tech level or saying, hey, this could be done so, so much better. So that's, I think, the approach we're looking at. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, we're kind of in, we're in between a bunch of these different worlds and trying to do them better. So we're not like matchmakers in, in the sense of, you know, traditional matchmakers, but there's an element of that. Um, and then, you know, in terms of doing these singles events, it's like, that might be the focus, but trying to do it in a way that it would be almost like sort of a mixed media kind of festival that you'd want to go to anyway. Um, and, you know, doing it as something cool that happens to be, conducive to you know meeting somebody but in and of itself is something worthwhile that you'd want to go to and have a meaningful experience at yeah and like when i was you know a little bit younger when i went backpacking and i backpacked abroad and like asia and europe and, and you stay in these like kind of traveler circuits these backpacker kind of worlds and and when you are abroad and you're in that world you can approach any other backpacker and all you have to say is hey where are you from and they're not going to give you a look like, hey, why are you talking to me? What is this about? What do you want from me? They're going to say, oh, I'm from this place. And you start an organic conversation. And it's because you already know that we have something in common. Like we're both like kind of in this adventure together. We're both like a foreigner in this country. And that already creates a commonality that starts something, a way to bond really quickly. Um, so obviously here in LA or here in, you know, at home, we're not backpackers. We're not on this big adventure waiting to meet new people every day. But I think there's something to be said about taking a little bit about of, of that mentality of that saying, hey, I'm open to friendship. I'm open to meeting people where we can go to a place and you can say hello and you don't need like a whole official excuse or reason or pick up line just to have a conversation. Whether that's to make a friend with someone or 
or or even a little more but i think that's kind of the energy and the the vibe that we'd hope to cultivate um yeah so uh i think this is a little bit about about delete your dating app as like an event brand and an organization we're trying to build but also obviously on this podcast is not just to talk about about um those things it's also to talk about relationships at large and dating at large and and things in that sphere and I know that's going to maybe ask you areas and me to be even a little more vulnerable than we normally are used to being. But I think for the sake of the podcast and the sake of, of, you know, being honest and being able to connect with people and maybe relate, it, it would be worth doing. So I want to ask you like, what is, you know, what is your experience currently with, hey, with <laughs> dating in LA with saying what, what's working, what's not working, what comes to mind for you? Um, I mean, I probably have, you know, I feel like a lot of people go through similar situations where, you know, they're dating somebody and they feel super close to them or they fall in love and then they have a really hard time connecting with somebody towards that, you know, on a similar level or to, to that extent. So it becomes, you, you have a feeling of hopelessness, you know? So like you're meeting people and you're like, okay, well, you know, I could have fun with them, but it's not to that extent. So in some ways I feel kind of like that where it's like trying to find the next person that I feel that huge connection with. But at the same time, you know, I just like meeting people. I collaborate mm-hmm. on a lot of different things. And so for me, I like, I kind of see the light in every person. So I, mm-hmm. I just enjoy meeting people. But yeah, in terms of finding that one and that spark, it's something, you know, because people ask you in these dating apps, like, what are you looking for? So you, you become so like, sort of, I don't know, there's like a hopeless feeling that you almost feel like, well, I guess just something casual because so, <laughs> it feels so like far-fetched that you're going to like, you know what I mean? Find something serious yeah. through one of these apps. Um, but yeah, at the end of the day, like sometimes I'll say looking for something casual, but the truth is like, yeah, I would love something serious, wow. you know? Yeah, that's interesting. The irony of that is you don't know what the girl is expecting. Like if you drop something serious, she might say, ooh, he's a little too clingy or serious for me moving on. But then if you drop a casual line, she might be like, ooh, okay, he's just like, you know, some kind of, uh, you know, hookup dude or whatever, and I'm going to move on from that too. So that's tough. And I think, is there a place to be both? And I think that's where most people are. Like, I think I can totally relate to that and say, hey, if the right girl came along or the right person came along that I was really interested in and just fit, that would be amazing. And I would want something serious. But at the same time, until it happens, like you can either just say, I'm only waiting for that. Or you can say, hey, I will meet people. And even if I know it isn't an exact fit, I'll still just kind of go through the motion and see what happens. But then at the same time, is that doing a, a disservice to the person that you're with? And, and is that, you know, does that make you a bad guy? And I think that's like a complicated thing to dissect. And I don't know if you have an opinion on that. That's, well, I mean, I think, to, you know, if you're in a mature relationship and it, there's some communication there, um, I think a lot of times, you know, both people might be in similar situations. It's just when it's kind of obvious that the other person's super into you, then that's when it becomes like mm. problematic. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people feel that way where they're like, they're just waiting for the right one, but they don't want to be like stuck with nothing at all. Mm. So they're, they're okay finding somebody that they connect with and are attracted to um, in the meantime. And yeah, maybe sometimes it feels like selling yourself short, but I don't know. I mean, it's definitely, that's, that's the struggle, you know? And when it comes to meeting, like you said, the right one, I think for me and just, you know, looking at this from sometimes from like an inside look and sometimes from an outside perspective with friends and things like that, I think, the biggest thing is this term that I've heard someone explain to me before and I just loved it. And I've like always kept it and, and, you know, remembered this when I'm meeting someone is it's like turning yourself into a pretzel basically, or like pretzeling. Um, I know it sounds like a goofy thing, but this person said, you know, you don't want to meet someone that 
has different values than you or is going in a different direction than you because you might be okay with it initially because you might be like infatuated with this person or you just really want it to work. So you like, you know, ignore everything else that you might not want to ignore. Um, but then after say maybe the first couple of months or maybe it's after the first year or the first couple of years, if you've sacrificed who you are for this person, you'll realize eventually that you've twisted yourself into this pretzel. And after maybe a fight after a year or after a little thing or a little thing here and there, you'll be so uncomfortable and you'll realize you're in this pretzel and you can't get out. And, you know, you only have yourself to blame because you've made these concessions. You've, you've agreed to these things that aren't really true to who you are. And so you could kind of, you know, make this awkward shape for a little bit, but eventually as a person, you're going to want to, you know, straighten out and be who you are naturally. And, and that usually is what happens. I think when people, they meet someone and they think, oh, he's so amazing or she's so amazing. We like the same movies and we like this and that, but these are really little things. And, and that's sometimes unfortunate things that we, we can get drawn to and get connected to right away it's the bigger things that we don't look at. Um, like I have a friend, he's a really good friend of mine. He's a really smart dude in so many ways, but he's been dating this girl who I also happen to really like. I think she's great. Um, and they've been dating for a long time, I think over a year now. And they haven't yet had the conversation about kids. And if, you know, does he want kids? Does she want kids? They both see marriage or something on the horizon, but they haven't had that conversation yet. So I could just see that, you know, hopefully that they're both in, in sync with whatever they want. But then what happens if they have it a year after they've already been dating and are connected and are hoping to marry each other, they finally have that conversation then. So what happens if there's a disconnect, say she does want kids and he doesn't, is that either they break up and now they're both heartbroken and it's going to be really hard, but ultimately they think it's something they have to do for who they are, or they stay together and one of them has to make a very, very big compromise because they love that person so much. And that's a very beautiful, noble thing, and hopefully that works out, but what's tough is you know, because they didn't get those details till later in, they're so emotionally invested now, even if they, who they are wants to break up because maybe having kids or any other kind of value is so important. It's not, they're not going to be able to, it's going to be really hard. So I think these days, like if you were looking for something serious and you ask a girl or a guy on, on like the first or second date, Hey, how do you feel about children? They'll almost look at you like you're crazy. Like, Oh, like what a, a clingy dude, you're moving way too fast. But at the same time, the, the alternative is to just, you know, get really attached and then hope things fall in line. So I, I don't know what the well, answer is. I think there's is, but... a little bit of middle ground, but yeah, <laughs> I don't think it has to be either first date or a year <laughs> in, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, I hear you. I mean, I think it's, it's not even about yes or no. A lot of times it's, you know, being honest with yourself about how important one thing is, you know, over the other, meaning like if he says this or she says that, and then you kind of go along with it. Um, but then you like realize later, that okay maybe that's not really exactly how i feel i'm just you know you're just trying to like appease mm-hmm. the other person or fit in mm-hmm. to you know the relationship like you said but yeah i mean having those conversations early on is definitely important you know and i think even just with you know when we're doing these zoom things i think you know mm-hmm. we've been trying to bring in more and more of these kind of conversations not like kids necessarily but just right. more meaningful sort of topics cuz yeah, I mean, a lot of people, like, they'll just meet and you're kind of nervous to have deep conversations, but I think that's when you really get a sense for a person, mm-hmm. you know? And I wanted to to bring up, so this isn't, this podcast is not advocating for one lifestyle over another or saying you have to do this, you have to do that. It's just kind of starting a dialogue and discussion about, like, a real way that I think genuine people, real people try to go about things and, and do the best they can. But one thing that that I that kind of makes me bring up bring this up what I just talked about is like this paper test and so, um, you know, like I think we both dipped our toes into like you know Jewish culture and Jewish ways of doing things just 
you know, by, by coincidence. And what they have is a paper attached when it comes to dating. And a lot of other, you know, more conservative or religious um, cultures have the similar thing. Where before you even go on a first date, if you just prescribe to it like a re- more religious um, ideology, you'll go through this paper test where you'll make sure on paper you guys are compatible. So it says before you even get emotionally attached, before you even get invested in something that might never work out, let's make sure you guys both say want to live in the same place or you both have the same values and that's about the non-negotiables are all the same. Um, so you don't get in, in danger of, of meeting someone and falling for them emotionally or physically when all of a sudden like, wait, this doesn't work and now I have to make a really hard choice. Um, so obviously, like I'm not someone who's prescribed to religious dating and doing things that way, living in you know the secular world. But I think there is some interesting truth to to going about doing that. And I, I that was kind of something that I was like, huh, you know, you can look at conservative beliefs and things and say in some ways it's a little extreme, but but that is is something that that I think does get some things right in a way. Right. Well, I think when you're you know whatever religion it is, if you are religious within that. Um, belief, then, you know, you have a, a lot of times a very clear path towards values and family structure in a different mm-hmm. way, because it's very like specific. Um, so, you know, kids for sure. And then how religious you are, observant you are, and those sorts of things become super important. And it's kind of an easier way to like narrow some of those values down for sure. You know, whereas when you don't have that, it's more kind of about just clicking and butterflies and, and they, you know, both of you guys really vibe on like a really high level. And, you know, there's so much that goes into that, but sometimes you could say it is helpful to have some of those other things clearly defined. Yeah. Let me ask you this. So, and we haven't prepared any of this. I don't know the answer to this question myself. I don't know what you're going to say, but I'm curious where this could go. Um, if I get, if I post, two potential people you could be dating or being in a relationship with. One is a woman who has all the same values as you, right? Um, but you've maybe hung out with her once. There wasn't any chemistry. Let's say you're equally attracted to both of these women. Um, there was no chemistry, but on paper, the values are all the same. They all really link up long-term. Wait, but how am I equally mm-hmm. attracted? If Let's no just say physically. I'm sorry, I meant to say physically. So physically, you find them both equally attracted. Um, oh, and then okay. on the other woman, woman, she you know, value-wise, there's not a mesh at all. There's like so many different things. Like maybe she lives in a different place or she wants a different lifestyle, whatever it is. But you've hung out for a few dates and the chemistry is like off the wall. You're, it's like a Romeo and Juliet type thing. Um, obviously, ideally, you'd want someone who is a combination of the two or fits in the middle. Right, right. But between those two, is there is there one is one solution better than the other? Is there an idea that go with the girl that you don't have feelings I'm, for and eventually that love will come or is an idea that go with your heart that like we've learned to do in the movies and we figured out. Well, after. I mean, it's kind of like hard to answer because you're saying there is the physical attraction. So that's mm-hmm. important, yeah. you know? Um, but true. yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's a tough thing to answer because, you know, if you don't have that sort of like physical, I mean, you're saying they are physically attracted, mm-hmm. but as you continuing, it sounds like maybe they're not. Um, or I'm not with this <laughs> hypothetical person, but I think, you know, either way you could paint something that might not work out because yeah, it's important to have those butterflies and that super strong connection that you, you're going to die without, you know, you need that person or whatever. Mm-hmm. But the thing is with that, it still could fade because that there's elements of lust and, you know, just being in love even with the moment and all the things surrounding it. So that could fade. And then on the other hand, with the other one, the values are super important and that could keep working out. But if you don't have that initial 
you know, connection and if it's a not a very strong connection, it's a lot of times it's hard to build that, you know. Um, I think a lot of it does come through intimacy and it, it could grow, mm-hmm. but I think it's important to be there in the beginning so that there's a foundation. To so, from. so I think that's a great answer, but I'm going to push a little harder on this because I think like <laughs> the reason I asked is because they're, they're both, yeah, it's really hard. There really is no right answer. So, and the, with, with that being said, if you had to pick one right now, what are you going with? I don't know. I mean, <laughs> without going into like my, me being divorced and past, you know, <laughs> I'm like, is this going to show up in court? <laughs> Experience equals wisdom. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I might have to filibuster and then plead. The but... <laughs> All right. Well, I guess if I had to pick, um, you know, I know like the movie, like romantic, like side of me would say, go with, you know, the one you're really connecting to and love conquers all, but yeah. just seeing, you know, experiences with, with, you know, relationships and, and, and the reality of it all. I think when it comes to like long-term a partner is like, you know, not always like, it's not always about the magic. It's about like, are we like, you know, making things happen and building a life together long-term. So I'd probably say, you know, it's not like I would want to make this choice, but I'd pick the the one with the values, the one where like I, we link up on paper. Right, right. Luckily, we don't, you know, we don't have to make <laughs> this choice. That's true. And I think both of us and and the impetus behind this entire thing is that we wouldn't have to make this choice. And ideally, we'd find, you know, a, a combination of the best parts of the two of these people. So speaking of of not having to make this choice and hopefully having like more ideal choices. Um, when it comes to like, you know, being out there and putting yourself out there, what is something that, uh, what's like the most difficult thing for you? And you think that might, you know, be difficult for other people that you found And I know I'm asking you to be, you know, maybe more vulnerable than you're used to being, but I think it could be kind of a healthy experience. Yeah. I mean, part of the whole delete your dating app, it's just kind of, like the culture that we're in now, it's like, I mean, depending, I don't know. I meet or I'm in touch with a lot of people because I'm also like working on a bunch of different things and I collaborate. So for me, I think my my struggle or what's hard for me is that it's hard to for me to kind of get too deep with any one person if it's just kind of like talking online and then maybe meeting only one time. So it's like hard to know, you know, because like if you're just talking to somebody and they're kind of cute, but you're only talking a little, like you're not really going that deep and you don't know how strong a connection you could have or what could potentially be there. And when the more and more of these conversations you have, it's, it's even harder maybe to see the clarity of like, where should you put some of this Mm. attention and focus and you know what I mean? Like where, where should you be investing some of this focus and time? So I think for me, it's like, I'm having so many different conversations, not all like (laughs) in the dating space. I'm I'm just working on different things. So I'm like Mm -hmm. talking to different people and they happen. A a lot of them are cute or whatever. Um, So it could be like, Oh, maybe this, you know what I mean? But, but there's just so much out there. It's hard to, I think that's where what's, you know, what's the thing. If there was a, I just picture this world where like, if you grew up in like a, let's just say a village, whatever, I think that sounds kind of charming. Um, And there was one girl in the village that was your age as you're growing up. And she's this really pretty village girl. Um, And you know, that's who I'm going for. She's beautiful. She's, you know, this only girl and basically my whole entire village. I'm going to dedicate my efforts into making this work. You know, obviously it's unfortunate you have a lot of choice, but like, you know, you can, that's it. Right. But, but these days, because it's, you know, almost like 
you know, it's like a, a negative or like a danger to have so many options. We're so oversaturated with everything every day. We have Instagram, we see millions of people. Now TikTok is coming around, there's millions of people connecting and doing this and, and re- reaching out. Um, and then obviously the biggest thing with these dating apps where you're just like five minutes of swiping away from tons of people to talk to, um, you're so oversaturated. Like how do you have a real connection? Yeah, it's hard to focus. And it's, that's it's why like, oh, so yeah. And that's why ghosting is becoming like an epidemic. I think not to use that word <laughs> yeah. at a time like this, unfortunately, but, <laughs> um, because there's just so many people and like, we don't value any of that real connection. Cause like, whether I've just texted this guy for a week or this girl for a week or whether we've had one drink or whatever, like when I know it's just one in a sea of endless people. What's right. the difference if I just ignore this number? And and I get it. And we've all probably been on both sides of that. But um, right. it's sometimes to like to to find a real connection and to be saying like, hey, this is me. I'm real. It's tough when there's just so much, you know, in like white noise around. Yeah, I think a lot of like also people are scared to get on the mm-hmm. phone. Like one of my friends was telling me like he like asked this girl like, hey, like can you know should we video chat one time? Like I'd love to get to know you. So she's like, yeah, yeah, sure. Like. I'm down, whatever. And then he clicked a video chatter like a couple hours later. And she was like, what? Why are you video chat? She completely got freaked out and like blocked him. Yeah. Just to give you a sense of like people, it's, it's weird. Cause it's not that strange to get on a phone or video chat. Somebody who you potentially already like, or who you match with. But in some ways people are so used to this, like match, Hey, maybe another conversation the next day or maybe like whatever. And it doesn't really go anywhere. But the truth is, I think it is really about like focusing and putting in that time. And, you know, you have to be vulnerable to be like getting on a call with somebody you don't know. Like maybe, you know, maybe it's super uncomfortable and you have nothing to say, but you'll save a lot of time Mm -hmm. and probably get more of a sense of what you're actually looking for from what you're not looking for, you know? So agree completely with that. But just to say, if, if Homeboy ended up calling this girl impromptu without a setup time, you kind of see where she's coming from. Like you have to say, okay, are we, do you want to FaceTime at 10? Okay, let's do it. But if this girl's living right, her right, life right. and this random guy that she doesn't know pop, pops in like, Hey, turn your camera on. I need to see where you are right now. I guess I could see it. I mean, Hey, for us, maybe it's a little bit different story, but I think like phone calls already want like something these days are also like text, like addicted. You know, if you get a phone call, it's like, Oh God, who died? Why are you calling me? Um, I wish it wasn't the case. I, mean, I think we're working on opening up communication, but that's currently where we're at. So to even go past that, go to the phone call, go right to the video call. It's this, it's this interesting, like intimate exchange. And I think the more, even if, if you know, one of the, the silver linings that can happen through this whole quarantine is that we, we become a little more vulnerable with these conversations and we value having real conversations and the, like letting people into our lives intimately through these face FaceTimes and things like that. I think that's an interesting road to, to hopefully we go down further. Yeah, for sure. And these are some of the things we'll be exploring with the Delete Your Dating App podcast. <laughs> Stay exactly. tuned for the next guest. Yeah, so um, as Eric is saying, I think you know we're coming up around 30 minutes. So this is just a kind of a first episode intro for you to get to know kind of where we're at, what we're doing with, with Delete Your Dating App, um, where we want to go with this podcast. Hopefully, you know, in the coming weeks and the coming shows, we'll, we'll be bringing on some experts from a, a bunch of very, you know, varying uh, places and, and expertise and just hopefully starting a, a more honest uh, dialogue and conversation about about something that, we can all relate to, you know, whether, whether we've, we're dating currently, we're in relationships currently, whether you've been married for years, um, finding someone to be with, finding that person is, is almost like, you know, one of the biggest, it's one of the biggest, um, what do you want to, what am I trying to say? It's like one of the, the biggest things you ever do. And it's something you, not to make myself sound like too much of a cheesy romantic, but it's something we all, all think about and we've all like tried to achieve at one point in time, whether we're, we're on it now or we've, you know, we're, we've, you know, 
storm the castle and uh, succeeded, whatever you want to call it. Um, for sure. So, so yeah, and we're also, I mean, follow us also on Delete Your Dating mm-hmm. app on Instagram and of course Facebook and Twitter and all that. Um, but that's a place where we're having some serious conversations, but also kind of like poking a little bit of mm, fun, right. ir- irreverent little pieces of content and <laughs> conversation. So definitely check that out as well. We have the reasons to delete your dating app. And <laughs> yeah. Dylan's an expert at uh, coming up with these. Uh, little, well, little you know, hey, stuff. I'm happy to to take others. So like, you know, obviously this podcast, we wanted to do something a little more real and more vulnerable and organic with this. But like Eris says on the site and on our Instagram, you know, we want to have fun with this. We want to like, you know, check the pulse of everyone out there, hear your story. So any kind of horror stories you have, any kind of opinions you have, lay it on us. We'll post it on our channels. Um, happy to, you know, to share and take this adventure together. So uh, at least for me, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Um, you know, I am grateful. Ares, if you want to say anything. Yeah, no, we're super excited about this. We've been getting mm-hmm. some, you know, a lot of signups and people just really excited about it. So it's cool to see out, out of the gate. And um, yeah, I mean, we're just trying to create these different universes and, you know, that people can kind of interact and get inspired by and make real connections and hopefully actually connect and <laughs> get married and all that. But um, <laughs> even if not, you know, just just the networking and just meaningful relationships that you could have outside of that is something that, I think we're also excited about. Um, Absolutely. So, yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I hope to see you tune in next time. Uh, I'm Dylan. And I'm Erez. And uh, we will catch you on the flip side. Thanks for tuning in.